We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Hornets win on a Sunday evening in Atlanta to go to two and one on the year. Hornets are now two and zero on the road, zero and one at Spectrum Center. Who would have thought? Well, this was a quality win. I think winning in San Antonio got you ready, and maybe a little glimpse of what it was, what it would take to win on the road. And then you come here and you're ready to play. I'd say from the sixth minute on in that first quarter, you were the most dominant team the Hawks have faced all year. All right, welcome Hornets fans. This is Richie, and we're here for another post-game buzz-in on Twitter Spaces following the game that just went final between Charlotte and Atlanta. It was a 126-109 victory over the Hawks, uh, bumping the Hornets' record to 2-1 and one and handing the Hawks their first loss of the season. We wanted to thank all of those that are joining us here this evening on Spaces, and we'll take any Speaker request as the recording gets a little bit deeper. I'll be joined by Spencer and Brian. And because we have a lot to get into in a short period of time, I hope you guys are doing well. I just want to jump right into this recap. Uh, Hornets came into the game with injuries again. Uh, obviously, Lamella Ball is still out with an ankle injury. Martin is still out with some quad soreness. Uh, there was a new injury added to the list, and that was Rozier with another ankle injury and I thought early on that that was going to play a big factor into this game where Rozier's you know spacing was very noticeable uh the missing aspect of that but I would say probably you know as Dell was talking about towards that latter half of the first quarter or the final 36 minutes of play it felt like the Hornets were able to adjust with the ball movement with screens with cuts and they did a good job of pushing the pace when needed. I think the biggest thing tonight, guys, uh, with the Hornets was the fact that they were able to get to the rim at a very high rate and collapse the defense. So they were able to negate some of their lineups that didn't have the spacing. And I, I wanted to start with two players, DSJ and Nick Richards, because those players, to me, were probably one of the uh, the two biggest players when it comes to impact. And also those were the players that were applying the pressure at the rim, albeit in different ways. So uh, Dennis Smith Jr., uh, he's been an awesome addition, very impactful player uh, in, in different types of ways. Off-ball cuts, he had one early in the game uh, where Hayward was driving baseline. 
And I think the biggest thing with DSJ is he's just a strong player. We saw it Friday night at the Spectrum Center where he just stripped the ball from CJ McCollum at midcourt and took it the other way. He did the same thing tonight, this time at the rim when Capella was near the basket, just took it right out of his hands. Like you see his strength and the way that he can also get to the rim and finish through contact on and ones. He's been a guy that I've been harping on uh, since preseason about playing time. And when LaMelo does come back, I hopefully his minutes do not decrease to a point to where he's not been able to kind of show his true impact. So I know that the Hornets have been kind of in a rut for the past handful of years in terms of that backup point position. And then I won't spend too much time on Richards because I'm sure you guys will talk about him a lot, but his offensive rebounding has been the biggest asset so far, and he was definitely the player of the game. So I just wanted to lead off with DSJ and Nick Richards just seemingly not missing a shot all game. I'm not sure if he did or not. Richards did not. He was uh, nine for nine shooting uh, from the field uh, game, or at least the team high, probably I'm sure a game high plus 25 Charlotte was with Richards on the floor tonight. Um, and in the third quarter alone, five of five shooting for 12 points and uh, including a couple really nice finishes off some Teo Maladon pick and roll playmaking. So the horn is just getting like pretty impressive ball handling juice from DSJ. You talked about the defense, Richie. He's now up to 11 stocks on the season after four more today um, in terms of like combined blocks and steals. But James Booknight pocket pass for Nick Richards pick and roll uh, finish um, at one point in this game. Theo Maladon, multiple pick and roll passes to Richards for um, him to finish at the rim. Overall, Charlotte was 24 of 39 um, on field goal attempts inside four feet in this game. So, you know, just under 62% on good volume. And uh, they took nine more attempts inside the restricted area compared to the Hawks. I thought Richards did a nice job in the drop today against Trey Young and you can see Trey Young like had it working at various times and like Atlanta was you know hands down at their best I thought when when Trey was turning the corner and getting downhill in the pick and roll but once they sort of you know they stayed home on the shooters right so there weren't it wasn't just Trey Young flinging the ball all over the ballpark and and setting up wide open threes they stayed home they guarded those 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 screens you know two on two uh, with the drop and Richards just did an awesome job, you know, protecting the rim, blocked some shots, had the one, I guess the one goal 10 call, but that, that ended up getting overturned mm-hmm. uh, justifiably. So that was on like a putback attempt from a Kongwu, but just did a nice job. I think keeping the ball in front. And I thought after Trey young kind of threw him a couple of curveballs with the, you know, he's going to mix in the floater. And he also has the lob pass comes from the same, you know, the same, the same arm angle, the same look, it really is kind of, I mean, the major league baseball playoffs are going on. You know, they talk all the time now about pitchers that have the same, you know, the same arm angle, the same release, but throw different pitches with different spins off of that. And Trey kind of has that with, with how he, how he manipulates in the pick and roll. It can really wait to the absolute last second before either taking his patented floater throwing a lob to Clint Capella or a Kongwu two feet above the rim. So super impressive effort by, by Richards and DSJ 
but Mal, but Mal Don coming on and making some plays. He had a floater at one point in time. James Booknight having hands down. Uh, I mean, he was still three and nine shooting yeah, by but default. Hands down, by default. <laughs> hands down. He scored his first points tonight. Um, but but the shot making looked a little bit better. And again, the little pocket pass he had to Richards was solid. So, yeah, uh, there's probably a lot of different ways we could go with it. But Spencer, what anything you want to add in here uh, to get things rolling? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Full disclosure, I only saw the second half of this game, and I this is really the only thing I have to add. I, I'm just so refreshed that this team has a like they have an identity. Like you watch them play defense, and not only that, but like there's actual athletes and length on this roster in my opinion, that that uh, that Steve Clifford's tapping into. And I, I think it's super refreshing. Like, you just watch games. You know, we, we've only seen three. But <laughs> you, you, you watch it, and it's like, it's really freaking hard to get the ball to the paint against this team so far. It's just hard, you know. And part of that is because they're so conservative and they're so, yeah. you know, on their heels and guarding the paint. But the other part is that, like, they're very well organized and they're in gaps and they help the helper, you know, like the other part is like Steve Clifford, he's back. And so I, I, I don't know. I, I, when I watched the second half tonight, that's the one thing I took away, you know, the Hawks are, and they do, they have a lot of outside shooting firepower, but that ball touched the paint hardly ever. I think I, 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 I mean, I could count on my hand, Fingers wise, like I, I don't have enough <laughs> fingers on one hand to count. Like, the, the ball didn't get to the paint very often at all, and I do think that's going to be, um, at least I hope, it, it, it's going to be a, a personality of this team, and I think it's really refreshing. They, uh, they like their best 
paint touches came early. Like right the first like seven minutes of the game, it was like, whoa, okay, Charlotte can't they can't keep the ball in front. Trey and DeJounte are touching the paint whenever they want to. And then it really was like Trey picked up his third foul. Nate McMillan pulled him out of the game. Mm-hmm. And uh I don't think he picked up his next foul until, you know, basically when the game was out of hand in the fourth quarter, but their offense just like went into the can for a while. Charlotte made its run and uh, that extended stretch between late in the first quarter, you know, till midway through the second quarter, whenever it was when Trey sat all of a sudden Charlotte's defense, I thought really, really turned up um, in, in those moments overall. Um, and then would also just mention, and if you want to piggyback off this, Richie, go for it. If you want to take it in another direction, by all means. But Gordon Hayward, not the flashiest of games. You know, 31 minutes, 12 points. He was, in terms of Charlotte, was ended up being a, a zero with him on the court in terms of plus minus with him on the court. Four turnovers, which is sort of like, you know, out yeah. of the norm for him. But, but without Terry Rozier, without LaMelo Ball, and obviously Cody Martin too, but basically without your top two ball handlers, obviously Maldon, DSJ, those guys really stepped up. Book Knight had moments on the ball and they're also using the front court. I mean, hell they're using Nick Richards as an elbow hub on one or two possessions <laughs> in this game. I mean, like, they, like he's Mason Plumley or whatever, you know what I mean? Like but it's, the offense is it's running out of the, of the elbow right now. Yeah. A like lot of regardless it. of the big that's in the game, as far yeah. as I can tell, the offense is kind of running from there. Yeah. It's, they're, they're definitely mixing it in a fair amount. And when LaMelo comes back, you know, that'll probably dial down a little bit, but it, it'll certainly be a part of the package. It was in years, in years past as you know, maybe more the start of last season and less down the stretch with Plumley. But, um, but to Hayward, like I thought, he the DeAndre Hunter Gordon Hayward battle was like mm-hmm. one of the fun games within the game uh, hurt, of, of hurt, this contest. It hurt my heart. It did. Yeah, but, it really did. DeAndre did Hayward, awesome. Yeah. In this, you know what I mean? Like I thought oh, he did yeah. really well. Like I mean, uh, Gordon got him on a couple and down the stretch started to make some plays. Had five assists in this game, but Hunter was just a dog guarding the ball. But, um, but in BG, this contest, man, let's. Because I, I feel like it's like we need like three games in. We need to talk about Gordon Hayward. He has been yeah amazing He's through three so games. Good. Like it's like crazy. whatever. Like yeah. like I'm not, I'm not sure it'll continue. Like you know we've talked about he won't play a lot again. All this stuff, but like my goodness, that guy has been so freaking good through three games. Like he is the reason, in my opinion, Charlotte's two and one. I think the biggest thing with him, too, is, is the movement, obviously, just knowing that he's agile enough, he can move without hesitation coming off the injury, and his physicality, you see it on a night-to-night basis, and you would think that a guy that has gone through so many injuries in his career that somehow he would back away from that physicality, but you saw it again tonight, as Brian was alluding to, him and Hunter just went at each other. He would often initiate the contact and, and lower his shoulder into Hunter. I think he kind of got away with one. I think it was in the first half where they called the foul on Hunter when it probably should have been on Hayward. But, yeah, there's nothing new in this game with Hayward. He did a good job of drawing in defenders, being patient, distributing to his teammates. Uh, he had a nice little dump-off pass to DSJ in the dunker spot in the third quarter. I think like a couple possessions later, 
The ball swung around from side to side. He got it, and uh, he kept his defender on the back, and he made a pass to the corner for McDaniels for a three. Mm-hmm. And, and like Brian said, he did have a couple of turnovers early, and for the most part, he was. it took him a while to kind of pick up his game. Uh, but I do want to draw attention to that one shot that he hit in the first half. Uh, Spencer, you might have missed this, but he had like a double clutch shot. Like he was in midair. Yeah. Like it, it almost looks like your screen. Like, I think maybe I – yeah. Was that, was that the one on the baseline? Uh, no, I he was coming that, towards like the elbow. It. But yeah, I mean, he was coming, oh, I guess he was coming okay. from the baseline uh, to the elbow spot and like double clutch it. Like, I just don't think people realize how hard that shot is to make. That, that's what he did on the first play of the season against San Antonio. That's too. true, too. That's when, true. when he curled off the, the little veer action and Keldon Johnson was right there. But yeah, he did the same thing where he double clutched and hit the shot. Like, not a lot of guys can do that. I, I will say, too, like, I. I feel like you can always trust Gordon and I don't think there were a lot of where a lot of, you know, Gordon getting Trey young on a switch and, and going to work, which has been something that's worked in the past over the, the last two seasons with these, when these two rosters have gone up against one another, I, I, look, I thought Trey did some amazing stuff in this game offensively for Atlanta. And you could tell he went into, you know, Trey mode in the third quarter, it was like, all right, I'm just going to start drawing fouls. Like, and he, and he did it. Like he was just initiating contact all over the, all over the court. He is also a target, you know, out mm-hmm. there. And I, you know, for deep for opposing offenses to go after, no matter what he just, he is. And I thought Charlotte's like guard to guard screening actions and little flips and handoff exchanges. They just, they just poked at it here and there, like just enough. And, and then that started to just create advantage. And then they were able to build off of it. They moved the ball. Guys cut really, really well. I mean, there was even one possession midway through the third quarter where Atlanta was making a little bit of a mini run. Steve Clifford called a timeout. The after timeout play, they were in horns action. I can't remember if it was Plumley or Richards caught the ball at the elbow. But they, this is something they did on James Rego. We're like on the weak side. They look like they're going to run a staggered screen for the guy coming out of the corner. And instead, the strong side guy in the corner, which on this possession was Ubre, that dude starts walking his defender up, which it may have even been Trey Young, who had, had the Ubre assignment fair amount in this game. And then he just slips right back door on the after timeout call and got dimed up for a layup. And like that's one of those times where you know, that Steve Clifford. I think a lot of coaches would have would have sort of read the room and been like, okay, I got to call a timeout here. He did that, but and then you know was able to get them a, a go to kind of bread and butter after timeout play. And um, yeah, I mean, like that's a win for him as a coach. Like you know what I mean? Like that's just good coaches can do simple stuff like that and check check. So uh, I want to give him props for that. Richie, am I right that we have a, a speaker? That, yeah. that we want to go to. Yeah, we do here. have a speaker, uh, Matt S., if you want to unmute yourself and, and give us your thoughts or question. Hey, guys. Um, I mean, yeah, this uh, that game with, with all the injuries uh, to the backcourt, um, you know, that Dennis Smith Jr., I mean, you guys talked about that was kind of a <laughs> kind of a quiet, you know, last-minute signing. Didn't know what to expect, but uh, he's one of these, uh, you know, Clifford, you know, has been known for these uh, veteran reclamation projects and uh, whatever they've gotten, you know, done with him, you know, he was just here for a short time in the offseason. But, uh, you know, it was just a great pickup. And uh, he, he's 
I mean, to come in, you know, and be the starter, he's playing great, great defense. I mean, that guy, that's not what he, you know, coming out, highly touted lottery pick, uh, a score, not known for his defense. And, uh, you know, credit to him, he's really, uh, you know, beefed up that part of the game. Um, and Nick Richards, you know, early candidate, most improved player through three games. <laughs> uh, uh, a few years ago with, uh, you know, Devontae Graham kind of coming – had no, you know, not even a rotation piece going from that to a guy that's just uh, a big contributor. And uh, I'm sorry to uh, disappoint you guys. I know uh, your season previews talked about the tank is going to happen. That That's not happening. <laughs> yeah. Clifford, everything that went wrong this offseason, by dumb luck, they might have ended up with the best coach that they could for, could for this team in Clifford. I mean, he always gets the absolute most he can out of his team's he usually, you know, exceeds expectations. And uh, I think he's going to do that with this team, too. Thank you very much for those comments. I mean, they were all very, very good and got me thinking about some things. Uh, like most improved player, Nick Richards. I wasn't thinking about that, but that's actually – because I saw Brian nod, too. Like, that's a really good one. I was thinking about it today, and you, you watch the NFL, and every single week you're like, why does this happen? Why does this team beat this team and this team beat this team? You know, I think the NBA – because they have 82 games, you know, things tend to equal themselves out. Like I still think the Hornets probably win 30 games, maybe less, but it's really fun to see early in the season, you know, some of the younger players book night had a a really good one tonight, which is obviously a breath of fresh air for all Hornets fans, but like Nick Richards, you know, who Matt just brought up is, I, I mean, good Lord. This guy, like, it doesn't seem like a fluke at all, right? Like, this seems like an NBA player, um, yeah. like a guy that's really going to be a contributor for a long time in the NBA and hopefully a long time in Charlotte. So, yeah, no, great comments. And I am, uh, yeah, of course, a little bit torn that we're 2-1. and one, But <laughs> how, can, how, how can you not – how can you not kind of fall in love with this team through three games? Because they, they play hard. They play their ass off. You know, they're, they're really – they're way at, what I would say, they're way more coordinated and organized and on a string defensively than I think I would have never guessed this was going to be the case. Even under Steve Clifford, who I knew would get them there, I would never have guessed he would get them there this quickly. Yeah, yeah it's a great point. I do think what Richards is doing – is sustainable because like he's just he's just he's the captain of do your the the do your job team you know (laughs) like he just the guy comes in he Mm -hmm. plays his role he screens he dives you know he hits the offensive glass it's one of those things where i I suppose teams could start to he owns the rim right now but but it's just like he he's not a guy that you necessarily like game plan for because it's like what he does is he like he's screens and dives and like plays hard at the rim. It's not like, I mean, again, Charlotte's mixing him in a little bit. It's like an elbow passer, but it's like, you know, they're they're not like the plays they run for Nick Richards to finish it. They're just pick and roll. You know what I mean? So it's like, I mean, if you want to roll more attention in his direction, that's fine. But then like, that means uh, the shooter is open on the opposite wing. Like it's, I think think the part that surprises me, BG is he kind of owns the rim space right now. Like yeah. he he is the alpha in that space, like like pretty consistently, and that that has surprised me. 
And not even just off the rolls. I think you're probably speaking to the offensive rebounds, too. It just seems like he's always around the ball. The 50-50 situations, like, he's getting to those those balls. And I do kind of wonder what would have happened if Kenny Atkinson was the Hornets coach at this point and how different it would be with Clifford. Obviously, there's a lot of dominoes that took place this offseason that have changed the the direction of this team. But Clifford is definitely getting these players to buy in as you're talking about Spencer and one player I do want to mention before we wrap here. And I know you guys are probably harder on him than I am uh, is Kelly Oubre. I really liked the process from Oubre offensively tonight in just this whole season. Like he was missing shots early in this game and you know, whether it was at the rim or whether it was from deep, but they weren't necessarily like ill-advised shots by any means. He just was missing. And I think he finally started to convert as the game went along, which was a good reward for him. Like I said, I've mentioned this before. We've mentioned this before. He has changed his profile a little bit on the offensive end in terms of getting to the rim when necessary, while also taking three-point shots within the flow of the offense. You know, there, there are some shots that he takes that you still kind of like roll your eyes at, but sometimes they still go in type of deal. That's just always going to be Kelly Oubre. And, you know, I know Brian has talked about his defensive lapses sometimes, but to me, I haven't looked at every single defensive possession, but it feels like he's a little bit more locked in than he has been in previous seasons. He, he, well, had, he had a bad, he had a bad, the one, he did have one play today, before the ship sort of turned for Charlotte, where uh, in the first quarter, Trey Young, pick and roll, empty corner. He like drifted, you know, he dribbled baseline. Uh, I believe Kelly was guarding DeJounte Murray, I think is whom it was. Mm. Or maybe it was Collins. Whoever it was, they relocated to the opposite corner. Oubre didn't see it and then fouled them on the three-point attempt that, and then they made the shot. So it was a four-point play. So like Kelly still has his off-ball issues, but... Right. He and everyone else on the team, at least for the time being, has done a nice job buying into the concepts of where to be, doing their jobs, defending 5, 10, 15% better than you probably would expect them to. And what that does as far as just sort of like raising the floor of a defense. I guess I knew Charlotte was going to try to do all these things and that Clifford would try to do all these things. I just mm-hmm. didn't think they would work quite as well as well, we've seen through, through, through yeah. three games. So we'll see where it goes from here. But man, I mean, to, to, to win a game on the road against a, what seems like a good team without two of your top five players, probably um, in, in LaMelo and, and Terry Rozier is like, that's not nothing. So, and it does, I mean, it, you know, I also think in the last couple of days, the franchise, you know, whether they're saying this because it's October 23rd or they're, uh, the, this is just what you have to do in terms of public facing stuff or whatever, but like everything out of the team has been like, we're, we're winning games. Like we're trying to like, like they, they're not making any mistake about that. Um, even some of the stuff that, you know, Charlotte media has published, uh, recently, um, has said that the, you know, right now they're not even hinting at this. So we'll see, like, I mean, uh, we'll see where things look like in, in two weeks or whatever. But, um, I do think there have been some decent uh, in terms of like, you know, obviously, 
you're happy to see them play well at the end of the day. Like you want to watch good basketball and through three games they're they've played good basketball in the regular season so far. And I think along with that, it's not just, it's not just like, you know, middle of the road veterans that are doing it. There's some growth from some young guys and some, some um, young guards like Maldon and DSJ that Charlotte found um, and then a guy like Richards, who's been in the program for three years now. So I think that that matters as well. By the way, JT Thor, six rebounds, and he had a nasty chase down block, I think, on DeJounte Murray as well. So I, I think maybe he gets lost in the shuffle a little bit. But uh, I thought JT had some some decent moments. He had a three today as well. So another, you know, I don't know. He's further, obviously, like Richards is the headliner, but yeah. some of the other other younger guys on the roster found, at least in smaller ways, um, opportunities to contribute as well. Well, real quickly on uh, the Uber thing, um, you know, I think we we were all very much aligned <laughs> uh, on him preseason and at the very beginning. Um, yeah, he's been great offensively. Like, look, he's been attacking the basket. He's been better off the dribble than I could have ever imagined. He's been playing harder just in general than I would have thought. But, you know, I, I still like that's a situation where the bomb's going to fall out pretty quickly, in my opinion. Um, I still stand by that. But he's an expiring contract. OK, so this is a good thing for Charlotte. Like, <laughs> you know, the more tradable he becomes, the the better it all is. So, you know, it's 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 a. Uh, for Charlotte, there's there's not really much you can lose here. Um, yeah, in terms of the the team, like it's been so fun through three games. It really has. Like even the New Orleans yeah, game, even the New Orleans I game. Yeah, yeah, I, I I didn't catch that live. Like I I, I did not get, didn't even get to see the whole thing like in replay. But I mean, they're just competitive. They really are, and they they have a script. They stick to it. It, you know, it feels like a very well-organized team, you know, and, and you don't find that as often as you would maybe think in professional sports in general. But this, you know, that's that's Steve Clifford's, that's his mo, right? Like he is organized and he's going to get his guys to play a certain way. Whether or not you agree with the way that they play, that's another conversation. But like they're going to be organized. They're going to be hard to beat. And uh you know, does that play out for the Hornets this year <laughs> with the way maybe they should go? We'll see. But I tell you what, if this team is six and four, <laughs> you know, 11 and seven, you know, something like this, when LaMelo is out, like when the whole team is ready to go, I will be very, very interested in, uh, in where this goes. And I kind of think that, that's where this is going because you look at these bench guys. I mean, seriously, Dennis Smith, um, JLB Dan, like this team is serious. They're, they're not here to lay down. They are here to win games. And uh, I think they've proven that earlier. So I'm, I'm, I'm like a little nervous, but also very excited about this season. <laughs> yeah. That's how I, that's how I feel as well. Honestly, like I want to enjoy the good games, um, but there's just, a lot of ways this thing can go. So, yeah. Like, you got to pull for winning, right? Like, yeah, like, you have, you have, yeah, yeah you, you have, have to. At the end of the day, but you also know what, what is needed. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it speaks a lot to, to Cliff and, and what he's been able to do. Obviously, we keep prefacing it by saying it's been three games and three games only, but 
the team just looks keyed in. So I think I think that speaks a lot to what Clifford has been doing. But uh, go ahead, go ahead, Brian. Just just two two things real quickly. One number from this game, which is that this is according this is from PBP stats. The average distance on Charlotte's two point field goal attempts in this game, five point one six feet from the rim. Atlanta's seven point one feet from the rim. So again, Charlotte, they were they just. They yep. dom- I mean, mostly Richards, but they just they dominated the rim um, and Devin, to be yeah. to be have an average two point attempt distance, uh, you know, two feet closer than Atlanta. Um, you know, the Trey Young floaters, all that sort of stuff, you know, against drop like that's going to influence that whatever, but still pretty impressive. And then the second thing was just going to be another PJ Washington step back three that he hit in this game to start the second half and another strong drive and finish late in the fourth quarter too. So I just think, you know, doesn't, you don't see a ton of it. It's only a couple possessions every game, but some of the on ball stuff from PJ uh, it's early, but it, it, those signs are encouraging as well. And there was one play in the first half. I think it was the first half where it's obviously not going to show up on any highlights because it ended in a turnover, but he made this like nice jab step against Jalen Johnson. I believe he was guarding uh, and just completely left him in the dust. It, w- it was good to see. And I think that he is improving his on the ball type of skills and the step back stuff that you're talking about uh, is great to see that PBP uh, website, by the way, anyone that's listening, it's like the best to me. It's like my favorite NBA, it's website, but it's the it's worst looking website by, by far. <laughs> but but awesome. like I'll live with it. And by the way, like if you can like it that you know it's run off a of Patreon site. Uh, I've donated money in the past. It's a it's an outstanding resource for NBA, especially now that the season gets rolling. Um, and all the video that they have synced up with stuff yep. there. It's just an unbelievable resource. Well, I was just gonna say shout out Jalen Johnson. Man, forgot about the guy, but uh yeah. Ex, ex, ex he, Duke player, he, uh, still he hanging is, around. Maybe we'll be a contributor one day. We'll he, see. I think he's on paper to have maybe too big of a role with this team. You look around <laughs> and it's like, like I like I like Jalen, and I thought he was a a good pick for Atlanta where, where they got him, but it's like this team's trying to win now, and I, I mean, I don't know. That's just a big question mark at the backup forward spot for them, in my opinion. So I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if this roster. The pieces move around a little bit uh, between now and the end of the season. All right, let's end on this real quickly. Like, no thought to it. Just give me, like, through the first week of basketball here. Obviously, today is Sunday. Give me your top three, like, performers for the Hornets over these first three games. Like, if you were to just, you know, you don't like to rank them. Just give me the top three. I mean, yeah, Gordon, obviously, in my opinion, has to be number one. Nick Richards. Okay. Yeah, it seems like an obvious number two. Um, you could probably interchange those. Oh, I guess number three. Now you're just throwing it at me. Um, this is where I'm debating. Yeah. 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 I, uh, is it Rozier, even though he's only played two games? Is it DSJ? Yeah, no, I, 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 I honestly, <laughs> I wasn't even thinking Rozier. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to go DSJ here. Like, yep. you know, the Hornets, they have been a team that's two and one because of, like Nick Richards, obviously, who's been on the roster, but DSJ, um, like, yeah, they, they've kind of been just plaqued together, right? Like just built, you know, out of nowhere, 
you know, you get DSJ, who is a top 10 draft pick, you know, and like a very, very athletic player and you get him in Charlotte and you're like, yeah, okay, cool. Will he make the team? He makes the team. And now it's like, holy moly, this guy's like a real contributor. Like that's been the real surprise for me on this team. Um, I did not think he was like, I thought he'd bring something on one side of the floor, but he's been a, he's been a plus on both sides. Like he, he, he puts a little bit of pressure on the rim. He's making shots and he is a real, like I, I said this the other night when we recorded, like he is a real ball pressure difference maker. Mm-hmm. Like he is defensively, like he is the, maybe the best ball pressure defensive player on this roster right now. Uh, yeah, I think he is. And he, he did good work on Trey Young at times in this game, guarding the point of attack. The thing that I've been so impressed with him defensively are the off-ball digs that he has. Like, I was re-watching some of the San Antonio game earlier today. He had one. And it's the perfect game. system for him, right? It, it, he, like, like he get, he, up, he's, you know? he's able to get into gaps and, like, explore those opportunities. He, like, he had, like, like, Vassell drove and, I mean, the, like, he did something to Devin Vassell that Devin Vassell usually does to other guys. Or like Smith was like, nope, you're too close to me. Like I'm going to just, and they ended up scoring it as a block, but it was like, he dug in like Vassell, like he, you know, he got a piece of the ball. Vassell like ripped it up and then tried to shoot it. And then Smith just like then placed his hands on top and blocked the shot, ran out in transition and uh, Gordon got fouled. And I've just been like, it is like, I, I covered, Dennis, when he was at NC State, that was not a good season, obviously, but you could see the flashes of his athleticism. And he is a special athlete at the point guard spot in terms of his vertical leaping ability, the quick hands. He, he could never put it all together throughout his career in the NBA. And like, we got a ways to go, obviously, but he played well in the preseason. And so far, the three games, I mean, he's, I wouldn't be surprised if by tomorrow he's leading the league in steal percentage. Like he's, he was top five entering today. Again, it's silly to do this when everyone's played three games or whatever, but like, I just, he's been getting it in a bunch of different ways and it's not like highlight chasing and gambling. Like he's gapped up solid and as when he's guarding the ball, at the point of attack, like he's been frisky. So my three Richie to answer your question, I would say Hayward, Richards, and then yeah, you really can go with this in any direction. It's probably Rozier. You can make a case for DSJ. Um, I'll say uh, PJ Washington. I just think he's been. <laughs> I think he's been. I just think he's been solid for uh, for, for Charlotte. Yeah. He had another good game today. He's doing his job defensively, and uh, he's hitting shots in a couple of different ways and making plays for others. So I'll, I'll say PJ just because of the the two way. Uh, versatility and, and shooting from him. Yeah, some of my three are the same as you, Spencer. Uh, DSJ, Richards, and Hayward. Uh, there's not much more to add to that, and I'll just kind of keep it short and sweet, but it's funny. I, I knew Brian was going to go PJ. I think we should have a challenge where B- BG <laughs> has to go the whole podcast without mentioning PJ, and maybe I have to go the whole podcast without mentioning Hayward. So, that's- Yeah, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Good, good luck. Uh, we'll have the Kelly Oubre hour coming to you next week on, uh, on Busby. We, we really didn't do much BJ today That's until the, uh, the end here. But yeah. we'd be yeah. a sponsor. So if anybody's listening, you want to sponsor yeah. this? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, just just holler. Get in here. But um, but anyways, uh, Richie, I'll let you, I'll let you close it out. But just heck of a win today. 
Um, and yeah, the Hornets play, don't, they're off for two days, uh, Monday and Tuesday, but back in action, uh, Wednesday, uh, New York. Yep. Yep. All right. We'll go ahead and wrap here. We appreciate Matt S for uh, taking the time to speak to us today and, and share his comments. We always appreciate listeners jumping in and getting at least one speaker request every time we do one of these is kind of our goal. So for Spencer, for BG, I am Richie. Take care. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.